Welcome to Daughters Dishing, a special edition of the Daughters of Change podcast, featuring Maysoon Zayed, comedian, writer, actress, and disability advocate. Hey, wait, did I forget to mention that she's also a tap dancer? This is Marie Sola, founder of Daughters of Change. Each month, Maysoon and I will dish about everything from cats to love to magic. We're just a couple of daughters of change trying to figure it all out. Join us for the fun, laughter, and potentially some profound thoughts. You never know what we'll come up with, but hey, neither do we. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode four of Daughters Dishing with the Dishing Daughters. Episode four is going to be super special. It's only half an hour because I couldn't get my headphones to work and my Mac had like an exorcist moment where it turned off and started flashing. And I thought that maybe I would turn into a cartoon. That's right. It was, <laughs> it was, um, it was a little, well, it was a little stressful for Maysoon. I was, I was just chuckling was along here. Sorry, Maysoon, but I was. <laughs> it was funny though, because like, I hate podcasts, right? We've yeah. talked about yeah. my hatred of podcasts and you convinced me to do a podcast. And then today I was super looking forward to the podcast because, you know, we pre-record this stuff and today's the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I have like a full day of like disability activities and this was my kickoff and instead i got exorcist mac headphones that don't work and now we have a special half hour that's right to talk about everything so i'm gonna have to keep all of this short and i i gotta kick this off marie all right what's happened Go. since we last hung out what's happened i know so this is the part where i'm supposed to tell you all the exciting things that happened but i gotta tell you may soon I've lived a very exciting life, traveled all over the world, done a lot of great stuff. And right now, my excitement is that I don't have all of these things scheduled in that I have to do. Um, and I'm even finding myself a little resentful when I do have something scheduled in. It's kind of a weird space to be in. Do you think it's the pandemic? No, not at all. Because I, you know, I do a side hustle job where I work um, with people, Stop a lot it. of people. Oh, sorry. I, Oh, it's okay. I mean, I don't mind. Hey, listen. You can blip it out. We don't want to give them any oh, free advertising. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? They're actually a pretty cool company, but um, it's a lot of fun. I work with a lot of young people. So your side hustle is Starbucks. Yep. My side hustle is Princeton, and we're both with a lot of young people. Exactly, which I love, right? But it, I think, you know, I've got a big birthday coming up. I think I've been kind of reflective. Like, So my excitement is actually taking time to give myself time to reflect and be with myself, which I hardly have ever done in my life. So, you know, it may not be exciting to the audience, but I'm pretty freaking excited about it. <laughs> what day is this big birthday? Are you a Leo? I am a Virgo uh, with a Virgo, I'm a Virgo rising. How did we not know? Get that? out of here. I'm August 26th. When are you? Oh, I'm September 7th. I'm like, oh, right by Beyonce's birthday. And my son and my grandson are both uh, September uh, Virgos. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we were both Virgos. I didn't I don't know that either. to have two women of the same sign canoodling on a podcast. I feel like that's probably why my computer got exercised. No, I think we're busting that, that like wide open. Okay, cool. We're making to change. And what about you? What exciting things have you done? Because I know you've done more than I've done. I got hit with an evil eye in the month of July. 
Seriously? So like, really? Somebody filming, gave you the evil yeah, eye? like, hardcore. Ooh. Like, A, absolutely out of nowhere, never happened before in my life, I got a pinched nerve. And you were asking if I went to the doctor, and I said, I don't go to doctors, because one tried to kill me on the day I was born. The doctor <laughs> who delivered me was drunk, I lost oxygen, almost died. Next time I go to the doctor, and I want everyone to be very clear that I am 100% pro-choice, pro-abortion, I will kick you down the stairs if necessary. But my next interaction with the doctor was when I was, trying, when I was married and trying to get pregnant. I finally succeeded. My OBGYN of 16 years looked at me and said, you have Down syndrome, so will your child. You need to abort it. To be clear to your audience, I do not have Down syndrome. And if someone with Down syndrome did want to have a child, they have a right to. That's right. And not allowing them to is eugenics. And while I support abortion, I don't support recommending abortion to someone who has been trying to get pregnant for six years. And, you know, anyway, I miscarried probably because she hit me with an evil eye. Next time I go to a doctor, I break a finger. Only time I've ever broken a finger in my entire life was on my wedding day. On my wedding day. The Ooh. only time. Now, again, for your audience. Which finger? CP, which means a ring finger right hand. Okay. Just making sure it wasn't like the flip a bird Someone finger because I didn't want you to be able to use it. At the reception, and they broke my finger <laughs> in three places. I wrapped it with chopsticks and tape and danced the entire wedding and then spent my wedding night in an emergency room trying to explain to a doctor that he had not set my finger correctly because it was shaking from the inside from the cerebral palsy. He didn't believe me. I had to have it broken three extra times. They never got it right. Oh, my the gosh. The third time they broke it, one of the doctors was, was like, oh, we have to give you a Botox shot to stabilize the finger so that we can fix it. And I was like, you know what? It's too late. I'm not letting you break it again. Because by the way, when they break your finger, they actually don't numb it. They just break it. Ow, um, ow, so ow. I got it was like Hulk Hogan, the guest. Yeah, so I got the pinched nerve and I was like, most doctors only have two weeks experience. I'm not gonna go to a doctor. So I just went to my physical therapist instead. Well, there you go. And, that works. And they were like, hey, you're old. I was like, oh. I am not old. <laughs> I'm like, Jennifer Lopez is like right? straddling stripper poles with like one ankle. I do 90 minutes of yoga a day. I walk three miles a day. I'm not allowing this. And do you have a stripper pole? Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? Okay. I was just checking. I wanted to make sure. What woman who naturally shakes from God wouldn't own a stripper pole? <laughs> What kind of well, waste Well, that's a really that? good point, yeah. Maysoon. When I got up this morning, I was so excited to sit on my gaming chair, which is supposed to be good for my pinched nerve, and chat with you. And then my computer was like, or I could just shut down. And then funny part number 20 is... Marie got to watch my PCA. So uh, some people with disabilities have people who help them. I have a PCA, it stands for personal care assistant. And her name is Adriana. And I just called her and said, bring me every set of headphones I have in the house. And this big, she comes up with this big tangle of just headphones. Just a tangle. It was, like, yeah. it was like when you were in Tons grammar school and all your necklaces and bracelets got caught up and you tried to like untangle them without breaking them. So of course I broke one set, the black set. And then I have a Mac, but the Apple headphones don't work on the Mac. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, go figure. I don't even like, I don't I even don't know, know what to go with that. Was, 
Was this fun for the listeners or was it just sad? Well, I think it, you know, I think it's, I actually, I think it's something that makes them realize that, you know, it doesn't just happen to them. Like we all have those days, right? We yeah. all have those it, but it's days. It's a whole month. It's a whole month. Well, we so all have those got, months. Sometimes years. I got years. the pinched nerve. I got the flooded basement. I was shooting a pilot. Three out of three co-stars got COVID. Two had to be replaced. Oh, One no. is still in grave condition. That was like what this month is. But then I get here and it's in, you know, the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. I'm still standing. I'm still chatting with you. So like I made it, but yeah. I'm not going to be really happy until I get to August 1st. Like I just feel like this month was cursed and I need to exit it. Well, I wanted to know, like, I thought you actually really, like, somebody actually gave you the evil eye, like one of the monks in Mahaba. And Marsaba. (laughs) Marsaba, sorry. I definitely (laughs) got the evil eye from a jealous woman. And I'm not saying that as anti-woman. I can picture the woman who was looking at me when it happened. And Uh, I remember seeing her and being like, why is this woman looking at me in the shadiest way possible, like in a cartoonish Ooh, bad witch kind of way? Oh, and yeah. I was like, it's going to go down. And then as stuff started going down, I, like two days before I was supposed to shoot my pilot, my team of seven people realized that we had never signed the contract. Oh, wow. It's yeah. almost like Mercury's I, in retrograde. No. Have we ever had this conversation? I'm not. I'm not. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Astrology. Oh my god. Your mother's no, gonna. No, Mercury is in retrograde. Is I it? have had. I don't know if it is. No, I have had people say Mercury is in retrograde to me when they've done something completely inexcusable themselves. Oh. So this one time I had an assistant. What have I done? <laughs> well, this one time I had an assistant who was supposed to type my entire screenplay. And then I was done dictating it because I dictate everything and they type for me, right? Right. That's why I'm going to steal you from Starbucks and have you start typing for me. Anyway. I'm a good typer. I said to her, send me the script. And she sent me like this nonsense that wasn't like my script. And I was like, what is this? And she's like, yeah, I guess I couldn't get my computer to work. So I haven't saved any of the versions that you dictated. And this is all I have. And I was like, what? And she goes, Mercury's in retrograde, right? (laughs) Not even three days later, I'm getting waxed. This woman has waxed me my entire life. She burns the stuffing out of my knee. And I go, you burned me. And she looks at me and goes, Mercury is in retrograde. And then I call up someone who is part of my financial team. And I'm like, where's my check? This woman said, Mercury's in retrograde. Ooh. And I said, I swear to Allah, if one more person says Mercury is in retrograde, I'm going to break a Mercury thermometer and like end all of you. I, oh, God. That's. Oh, I believe. Oh, my God, May soon. I, I forgot to hit no. record. Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> I totally no, you forgot didn't. to hit record. Mine says recording. I know, I'm only kidding. No, but literally three people in a row that had nothing to do with each other that screwed up 
in a way that has nothing to do with the planets, we're like, Mercury's in retrograde. So now I have an ongoing joke with my yoga instructor. We blame everything on Mercury being in retrograde. Mercury being yeah. in retrograde. Well, I guess I was going to blame that, but I'm thinking it's probably not right now. But I was going to blame the whole computer debacle, the headset debacle on it. I think Mercury can only go in retrograde in October. No, it goes, it's like four four times a year. I should know better, but I don't. But I got to tell you, I was a little freaked out about you saying you got the evil eye because being Italian, like when I was a little kid, I even had like that little horn, you know, the little thing on the t-shirt with the St. Christopher medal <laughs> to ward off the evil eye, right? Yeah. And I have those, um, well, you get them in Turkey, maybe they're in other parts of the Mideast as well, but you know, the round blue stones with the white and then like the eye to ward off the evil eye. You've not seen my background. I'm going to have my amazing assistant send you a photograph of my virtual background. So anytime I make a virtual appearance, there's literally an evil eye like you just described. Above and that's what protects you from the evil eye, right? Giant. Yeah. Giant. It's bigger I than have my one own hanging. head. I also wear an evil yeah. eye bracelet. And if the eye breaks... That means it protects you. Oh my God, I had one and it broke. All the little beads fell off. But I have one over my, I have one over my right shoulder in my office right now hanging there. Yeah. Yeah, mine is over my left shoulder. I'm going to send a picture. Um, So there you go. We're protected. So so we were going to, yeah, we were going to talk about social media, but I say we leave that to episode five. Exactly. Because now we're having a great conversation about evil, and I feel like we have to run with I it. I think so. so. I think that that's why this all happened. So what is what is the power of prayer in your opinion? Well, I think the power of prayer is, well, I think it's about having the faith. I think what's so important is having the faith that there's something bigger than you. Uh, I don't care how you get there, right? I just, I think it's so important to to have that faith because having that faith, I think, helps you to stop yourself from being evil. It's introspective. It's contemplative, right? And I, like, I talk to, even though I'm not, I'm no longer a practicing Catholic, I love Mother Mary. I talk to Mother Mary all right. the time. Like, she's my conduit, right? And um, I think it's really important. So when you find yourself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to you. She does. Yes, absolutely. Speaking words, words of wisdom. Of, let it be, baby. Like, let Marie, it be. Let it be. Yeah, she yeah. does. She says, Marie, like she sees me getting all like my undies up all in a bunch and my Italian getting on. And she starts singing that song to me. And like I stop and let the person that's cutting me off into traffic. You know, it's like it's <laughs> it's unbelievable how she helps me. No, but, but seriously, I think it's hugely important. Is evil a choice? I believe so. I believe it's all a choice. I, do too. I really believe it. I do not believe anybody is born evil. I believe we come into this world pure and and we make choices, right? And I think we all have the propensity for evil, but I seriously believe it's it's a choice. I don't believe like there are demons or or maybe there but I don't believe people come into this world evil. I really don't. I think if you look at even the most vile. I don't believe vile, people come into yeah. this world evil. And I, I try to find good, even in like people that I find vile, you know, even if it's just one little thing. And it, it, because I think it's important to have sympathy and empathy. It doesn't mean you want to be with somebody or around their energy. It doesn't even mean you like that person. It doesn't even mean that person shouldn't be locked up or away from humanity. But I think once we lose our sympathy and empathy, it's when we start to challenge ourselves as being human, right? So it's like, 
again, it doesn't mean you want to hang out with that person. It doesn't even mean that you don't see their wrongs. It doesn't even mean that they shouldn't be in jail and away from society or whatever that is. But there's something broken within that person's soul. And so that's, yeah. that's I think, the importance of sympathy and empathy. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> I love that. So, that's why this is awesome. I definitely don't believe that people are born evil. Cool. I don't. So there and we I go. I think that Some common evil ground. is confused with mental health a lot mm-hmm. in a way that it so, shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, would agree. That being said, I am mm-hmm. very quick to throw people in the garbage without redemption. For example, the United States once had this present, and there's nothing redeemable. There's nothing mm-hmm. sympathetic. And like, I personally see like greed and the determination to harm others as evil 100%. more than like yep. look at this demonic child that just killed a squirrel like that's not what right. i see as evil right. what i see as evil is like there's a billionaire right now this isn't political at all but elon musk he spends day and night on twitter talking about population collapse and how we all have to have more children you have to have like seven children ten children because the population's gonna collapse right oh god yeah because he doesn't have to bring them up he just has no, them but with also women and meanwhile then takes off. this man literally has the ability to stop world hunger like to stop it right and yeah. right now yeah. due to the war in ukraine there's like this grain shortage that's literally killing people in African nations, which we love to kill people in African nations. It's like our thing. And um, he's not doing anything to solve that. And when I look at someone who has the power to do such good and spends all their time trolling and doing such bad, to me, that's evil. That's evil. But can I look at him and say, okay, he's autistic. So there's no, because my autistic friends are not a-holes. My autistic friends don't behave in dark and contrary ways. And I think that talking about the light and dark, cause like there's right. this one quote, my friend Tamad Nafar, he's a rapper from Palestine in a group called Dam, D-A-M. And uh, he has this amazing quote in Arabic that I'll translate to English. And he says, a spark can light an entire cave. So light always expunges darkness. The more light that we put out, Mm -hmm. the less power darkness has. But sometimes when we're at our most vulnerable, the darkness can win. And I feel like right now in the United States, especially, it's really a battle between dark and light because like people are hungry people are scared people are tired you know when you were talking about not wanting to travel i asked is it the pandemic i didn't mean like fear of i meant like we got used to just doing nothing and it's really hard to go back to a hundred percent and it's scary out there when like if you go to a parade you might get shot if you go to a synagogue you might get shot it's like this entire place is really dark so while i don't see redemption the way that you do in everybody i do see the power of light i do believe that like continuously like exuding love and equality and positivity you know i can be like my hip hurts and a woman who i've never met in the supermarket hit me with an evil eye (laughs) but at the same time like i don't go out and go it's hopeless 
why don't I just steal this car? You know what I mean? Right. It's like I go right. out there and I'm like, okay, you are negative and you are taking all of the good out of, like, dementors. Well, she's actually negative too. But I try to confront evil and darkness with, like, such a rainbow that there's nothing they can do about it. Like, I do believe that you can win that battle. Well, I do. And, and just, like, to take what I was saying a step further. So it's not about not recognizing the evil that somebody's doing. It's not even about liking that person or not thinking that they're an a-hole, right? And this comes from a lot of work I've done with my friend Wolf, who someday I'd love for you to meet. He's awesome. Uh, Is he single? No, he's he's very much married, <laughs> but he's such a great guy. He's kind of like, he's been a, 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 someday I'll, when we have more time, I'll go into how we met. It was very serendipitous. He's... He's, is his name really Wolf? Yeah, yeah, Gola Wolf Richards. Um, Gola yeah, he's so cool. You would so love him. And you know, we we did a podcast. I will probably bring it back called Wednesdays with Wolf, and it's really about being contemplative. But the idea of okay, so it's easy to empathize and sympathize with people we like, right? It's harder when we really dislike somebody. Like I had a really really hard time, and I still work on this from a, let's call it from a spiritual standpoint, right? Not from a whether somebody should pay for their deeds. And the idea of sympathy and empathy, it, again, it doesn't mean you have to like that person, right? But it's it's freeing yourself up to, to add more light. Um, and it's a hard one. Like Nadia Bowles-Weber, I don't know if you ever listened to her. I love her. You she only did. talk about people with three names. I know, right? It's it's a you know, lucky three. I'm going to play that number tonight. I don't know if you've ever heard her, but she did this whole thing on, yes, you have to forgive assholes. And I thought it was hysterical. It's like, you have to forgive assholes, right? But One of my so favorite tweets that I post all the time is, I'm Muslim. I'm not required to forgive anyone. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? You don't have to do anything. There's no requirement. It's more, to me, it's more just, for me, it's not, it's again, freeing. it does... It's freeing. It doesn't, and it's not even about forgiveness. It's about empathy or sympathy to the point of saying, and those two words I think can be interchangeable, but it's about saying, okay, every human being, regardless of how abhorrent they are, has that spark for redemption or that spark of goodness in them. And it's as far as that. Doesn't mean they're using it. I think power and greed are the biggest corruptors in this world. And that and us against them. When we start verbalizing other people, that's when bad things happen, right? That's when the shit goes down. That's when genocides happen. That's when war happens. That's when, you know, and everybody, I love how people do it in the name of religion or politics. It's like, no, you're just a bunch of greedy ass power mother effers. You know what I mean? It's always power, right? We always talk about to like, you know, a content warning for anyone listening. When women face violence, it has nothing to do with sex. And everything to do with power and control. You know, I have such respect for you and for people who do have that empathy and belief in redemption and the ability to forgive. And I think of sometimes I see the parents from the school shootings saying they forgive or the people from, you know, the Uh, church. That that would be so hard. I can't. That would be so hard for me, I have to say. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance in a box. 
I'm like, I'm like, give me the arrow, I will shoot him. Like that, I was just talking yesterday about how like the justice system is broken and blah, blah, blah. But I'm definitely, I go back to being like an old school Arab when it comes to like, you see someone go into a school and shoot people. I'm totally fine with that person being thrown in Guantanamo Bay. So I I do have a part of my personality that's, that's vengeful. Oh, I I do too. I do too. Like, let's be honest, grew up hundred percent Italian and eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. My mom could be vengeful in her own way, you know, in her sweet old lady Italian way but I think about so to me if as a mom particularly if I were in a situation where somebody was trying to hurt one of my loved ones man I would be like all over them like and if I would do what I needed to do yeah I just um so there's that part of me that mother bear that you know don't f with people I love part of me um but there's so but I think we definitely intersect in the spot yeah. of redemption yeah. instead of the default that you're evil. Because yeah. again, I think that's where it intersects a little bit with mental health. Exactly. There's so much demonization of mental health issues. Before people understood what autism was, people thought those kids had the devil in them. Right, exactly. And needed it taken out. And I remember being young and having people, you know, pray on me as if I was cursed and needed to be blessed and that the blessing would heal me and, right. and all these different things. And I think the intersection of being like, hey, someone like, you know, that grew up in an extremely abusive household that goes out and like breaks shit is someone that we need to redeem and work with and, yeah. and give a second chance because they weren't born that way. Right. The nature of their lives, it made them born that way. The The fact that there was no one to ever intercede. But I also feel that like we're so willing to give that benefit. And then when people look at someone like me, a Muslim woman of color in America, I'm not given the same. that same yeah redemption Mm -hmm. that same like sympathy of like i i just feel like you know full circle again like i try to exude as much light as i possibly can and i'm doing it in spaces that really don't think we deserve health care right or don't think that like people who are disabled should live above the poverty line that like the default is that we're faking it instead of we're faking our ability to pass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just, I understand that today was like the biggest non sequitur conversation. It's a great but one where though. I think we really intersect is I see so much redemption in kids that have never yep. had a chance. Exactly. And you know, I think the other thing, you made a really good point about mental health. And one of the things that I came to learn working, I do a lot of volunteer work, uh, with domestic violence, domestic abuse. Um, And it's really interesting that every time something happens, not just with domestic abuse, but in a lot of uh, situations, people go, well, they must have been mentally ill. But the reality is most of the time they aren't. Because how many people do you know or I know that have been diagnosed with a mental illness that do not abuse their partner, that do not go out and shoot out of school? So there, I think that a lot of that stuff is where we come into to choice and maybe what our backgrounds are, but not everybody that does that is mentally ill. It's like if I would hazard to say most people aren't, and it's not substance abuse. It's not statistically people with mental health issues are far more likely to face violence 
then be violent. Thank you, right? But so you, you we have the as statistics. a society, when we say, oh, they have to be mentally ill, it's a yeah. coping mechanism. Because, yeah, just like that girl got raped because she was wearing a short right. skirt. Right, but it's a coping. Well, that's different. Yeah, that's victim blaming. Blaming mental health is a coping mechanism. It is, but say, I think people I do it. I can't understand why someone would right. go into a school and pulverize children. I exactly. can't understand that. So if I say it's a mental health issue, I can blame something that I understand that I don't have. That I don't have to be worried about have. it. And what it really that's is right. is again what. What is evil? Evil is power. What is going into a school and massacring children? It's power. It's becoming legend. It's masculinity. Exactly. It's about power. It's, exactly. It's, you know, you all ignored me. You'll never forget me. You ignored me and my that's whole what life. Abuse Guess is what? About. You'll never forget my name. And I think that it's easier to fall. When we victim blame, that's what I was talking about, about people of color don't necessarily feel that we get the empathy that victims who are white get. Right, but my point is, my point is with that is it's also, I feel like it became a coping mechanism for people. So if people could say, oh, that wouldn't have happened to her unless she did that, then that won't happen to me. That won't happen to my daughter. I can make myself safe from that. You know, but you're right. It's all, even if you look at partner abuse, it's all about power and control. It all comes down to that. It comes down to to toxic masculinity in a lot of cases. It comes down to entitlement. And I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but it's people that feel that they're more entitled over another person, that they want power over that person. And so then they they do things to those people, persons. And then how much of that is generational? How much of that is like, this is how my dad talked to my mom. This is how I talk to my sister. I think it's learned. But how about two guys from the same family? I mean, if you look at, I'm just using domestic abuse as a, as an example, you know, it's probably safe to, excuse me to any people out there if I have these statistics wrong, but I'm going to say it's probably pretty safe to assume that somebody who is an abuser grew up in an abusive household, right? But roughly 60% of people that grow up in abusive households, maybe more, do not go out and abuse. Right. So where do, where does that come in? So I'm sorry I overspoke you, but that's just a thing that blows no, my no, mind no, too, no. right? No, 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 it's good. So- Definitely. A, number one, if you were abused, you are absolutely not destined to become an that's abuser. That's right. Absolutely not. Or to be abused. But I, if you I also think like, it. Yeah. you take two siblings, right? They're raised mm-hmm. by exactly the same people and they're totally yeah. different. Our personalities, right. we may not be born evil or or good, but we are born with certain personalities. We're born yes, gregarious. 100%. We're born this because if you take me and my sister Hanan, we literally have nothing in common, nothing whatsoever, but both of us right. are extremely charitable. That charity yeah. was learned from my grandmother. Yes, I would agree. But like I would my agree. other my grandmother used to see someone on the street crying and she would sit next to them and cry. Oh, she was a pathetic. My sister would definitely do that. Yeah. I'd be like, get up. Why are you sitting in the what's going on? What do you need? You need food. But you're what's still happening? trying to help. Tell me what's up. Stop crying. But but like 
completely different yeah. approaches raised exactly yeah. the same way completely different approaches to absolutely everything so i think that when you're in that environment if you have friends who like support you and are like no dude you don't deserve to be hit your mom doesn't deserve to be hit and then if you have people around you who are like yeah i smack around my sister and my dad thinks it's fine and blah 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 it's more than just the parents it's your inherent personality yeah. whether you empathize with the victim or you identify with the victimizer right that is right. like a choice that we make as people well there are choices you know what i mean and it really depends a lot on like our friends our teachers, our entertainment idols. What are we watching? And our are souls. Are we watching things? And our souls. You know, yeah. I think it's our souls. I mean, I, you know, I, okay. May Soon's mom. How do you compromise? May mom, block your ears. Okay, so if you believe in reincarnation, as I do, okay, I'm not saying you remember everything, so you're still only remembering this life, so live it like it's your only life. However, are we here to learn certain lessons? I don't think so. Just throwing it out there, like no, from a metaphysical so again, standpoint. This is like disability central today, which is kind of hilarious. There's so many reincarnation myths and ideologies that people who are born disabled are making up for something horrific they did. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I not know, talking about I know, karma. No, I know that. I know that. But like, first of all, for me, like religiously for me, I don't mm -hmm. believe that we come back. I don't. I'm Muslim. Okay, I'm cool. a practicing Muslim. And I think that you die and then whatever happens next, only God knows. Right? So reincarnation could definitely be part of what God knows that I don't because I literally don't know what happens. Only right, because none of us really yeah. know, Only do we? God knows. But in Islam, we believe it's good. That it's not bad. Uh, Catholicism right. and Christianity are much more hell and fire and brimstone. Um, uh, guilt, Islam, guilt, guilt. <laughs> yeah, Islam is more about like you naive people who didn't know our religion was good. You'll learn about it and then you'll join us in the happy place. And it, it the nobody like goes to hell. Nobody's like eternally damned, you know. But right. there are lessons right. learned. And uh, anyway, the, I've always hated the concept of reincarnation because all of the reincarnation mythology was around us being punished. And like, I get that you don't. So I never even considered it. Like I watched Shirley MacLaine talk about reincarnation and I was like, she has mental health issues. Oh, I love right. her. Okay, see, I so, love like, her. So, <laughs> like, I've just never been able to buy into Charlie. reincarnation. But That's okay. If we are here to learn... What does learning look like? Well, that's what we have to figure out. I think, again, it's about um, how do we move, regardless, okay, let's just even toss reincarnation out the window. But regardless, uh, okay, so I think we should be learning to evolve as humans, as individuals, regardless of whether, you know, it's so that we'll, whatever your belief is on the other side, it's about how do we move through the world how does the way we move through the world impact the world and the other people around us, right? Yes. So, yes, so, I'm 100% so with me, you on that. We're not taught, particularly in the Western hemisphere, to be introspective that way, to be contemplative. It's either, you know, told to us, we go by what we hear at church, whatever. We hear, love thy neighbor, 
right? We hear, do unto others as you do unto you. People hear that in church and they walk outside and they cut somebody off in traffic. Yeah. They call somebody a name. They they say you're not worthy because you don't you weren't saved. I mean, so how do you go to church and and then come out and not practice it, right? So it's like it's what's inside of ourselves because sometimes the littlest things we do when we're out can impact somebody in such a huge way that can then impact somebody else. So like, but we don't take time to slow down and think about that. And it's, I'm not yeah. perfect. Trust me. Like I, I am, I am. Yeah. Like I, I'm not saying this like, <laughs> in this way of like, I'm not saying this in this like virtue signaling way that you all should be like this. Cause I'm perfect. Cause I'm not, I make mistakes all the time. Right. But I do try to think about what I'm doing. I do try to think about how I move through the world. It's a beginning, right? It's like all we can do. You know, I've actually never been able to verbalize this because I'm not raised with the fire and brimstone. And it's like, you try to do good and you try to leave a good, I think you finally put it into words. The way that I live my life is not about getting into heaven. It's about when I die, I want people to react the way they did to Betty White dying and not the way they did to Rush Limbaugh dying. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? I want to be able to- What are you leaving? What's the legacy? I want to leave this world in a way that people are like, you know what? It was actually better that she didn't suffocate when she was born. Exactly. A hundred percent. Instead of like getting points and getting, you know, into the good place, as they say. So you have a question for me to wrap up. I do. All right. May soon. I have to know this. Tell me. How long do you think you would survive in a zombie apocalypse? Not at all. I'd be dead so quickly. So, so quickly, right? First of all, I have cerebral palsy, so I limp. I'm like a shot deer. I'm super easy to catch, right? Second of all, I've never watched horror movies in my life. Never, never, because I don't do fear, right? So if you ask me how long would you survive in a war zone, I think I'd get home alive. 100%. And I've been in war zones. I know how to deal with the war zone. I don't know how to deal with something that's face is melting off. So as soon as I see the zombie, as soon as I see the zombie, like a cat that saw a lightning bolt, I will like straighten up and drop dead. Like they don't even have to kill me. Just the fear of seeing them would knock me out. So Marie... You're in a zombie apocalypse. Got it. And you're only allowed to have one food in your zombie-free shelter. What is that food? One, two, three. Rachel! (laughs) Happy anniversary, Americans with Disabilities Act, even though this is going to come out after it. Thank you, Marie, for having patience with me and my evil eye headphones. And anyone who's actually listening to Daughters Dishing, please choose the light. Be a Jedi, not a Darth.